Hello and welcome to Landscape Photography World, the podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show, talking to landscape photographers about their motivations, likes and dislikes. Have you heard that the inaugural Landscape Photography World Awards is now open for entries? Early bird entry is available now at a discounted fee until September 30, 2022. Head to landscapephotographyworldawards.com to find out all the details and how to enter. There's some amazing prizes to be won and I'll be publishing a book and a calendar with the top images at the end of the competition, so there's plenty to look forward to. Entries close on November 30, 2022, so there's plenty of time to get your entry sorted, but if you want to get into the early birds, do it now. I'd also like to thank the judges who have agreed to work with me and be a big part of the awards. Deb Clark, Victoria Hark, Kieran Stone and William Patino. I certainly couldn't make this competition a reality without their support. This week I'm talking to Steve Wallace-Savage about his amazing landscape photography journey. Steve is a landscape, adventure and life photographer based out of Rochester, New York. In his spare time, he travels the world looking for sweeping vistas, epic lighting and inviting waters. A self-fashioned lens slinger, he's always up for a photographic challenge. We talk about the future of photography, how he got started and how Steve balances his engineering career with photography. I hope you enjoy the show. G'day Steve, welcome to the show. How are you going? Oh, pretty good. How about yourself, Grant? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, thanks for taking the time out today to uh, have a chat with me. Um, why don't we start with who you are and why you do what you do? Sure. Um, my name's Steve Wallace-Savage. I'm a landscape photographer from upstate New York, and um, I've been practicing my craft for over a dozen years now, although I've only gotten uh, seriously into it in the last few. And um, yeah, I, I take photos because I, I love doing it, I guess, uh, of creating all right, excellent. I I want to dig into that a little bit about what that motivation is. I mean, liking doing it is a good enough reason, I guess. But uh, what what is it that you you're chasing, I guess, most in in your photography? What is it uh, that that's really driving you to to keep going? Yeah. Um, well, originally, I I kind of got into it, uh, you know, with a handheld camera and and just taking photos for my own travel memories. Um, I realized. You know, I'd, I'd show them to family and friends, and they'd be like, ooh, ooh, ah, that's, that's beautiful, magnificent. And so, you know, eventually I, I started reading, reading up on it, books and blogs, and uh, developing my skills there. So I, I, I tend to, um, to try to create places or uh, capture places that are beautiful, you know, to my own eye, and I focus on making those images exactly how I remember them. Cool. So in doing that, that sounds like what you're trying to do is, I guess, portray a, a, a bit of a vision around what you're seeing in front of you. Is is that how you describe your style or, you know, yeah, how would you yeah. describe um, your style? I, I, I always use my, my own little tagline, vibrant yet realistic. But I think a, a good alternate phrase is... Um, a surrogate for my own memory, for my own existence here on the planet. Now, I'm 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 a big tech guy at heart, and so I'm sure I'm sure in you know a few dozen years we'll have AI compiling all of these photos and all of our you know little travel photos into a, a scrapbook, so to speak. And it'll be interesting, you know, in those days, look back on these digital images, you know, as if they were memories. 
Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So do you go into much detail in planning or are you more an opportunistic photographer? I would say maybe 10% planning, 90% opportunity. Okay. Now, I'll bring my cameras with me everywhere and, and when an opportunity strikes, I'll, I'll take it. Cool, cool. So you're not often going into the field with a concept of what you're looking for or are you... You know, I, I mean, obviously that 10% that you're planning, what, what kind of effort do you put into that planning and, and what sort of things yeah. are you doing to plan? Well, I mean, obviously the basic research of, you know, where, where to go. I, I often do strenuous hikes to, to get some of these shots. So, so that's the sort of planning that I enjoy. Um, and, and astrophotography itself is a whole different level of planning. But for the most part, um, anything that's, that's a single image I'll, I'll usually take on the fly as I'm there. Yeah, cool. So when you're getting into the field, I guess, what are you? what is it that you're looking for that is going to excite you and get you stopping and uh, setting up the tripod or, or not setting up the tripod? I don't know if you're more of a handheld guy or a, a tripod guy, but huh. you know, yeah. what, what, what is know. it that you're doing when you get into the field? 50-50 on those but i'd say looking looking at the light and looking how the scene or looking at how the scene affects me emotionally um and i can elaborate on that yeah go go <laughs> i i've always i've considered art to be a simple machine for moving emotions so you know with that definition in mind i'll, I'll look at a scene and if it makes me feel something usually it's worth taking a picture of or, or a thousand okay are you trying to make something that is distinctive or unique or rather distinctively recognisable in a genre versus being sort of one of a kind in the world? Yeah, um, I would say I'm, I'm often not looking for that one-of-a-kind shot, although you know, given a certain storm or a certain meteor shower, I'll obviously try to get what I can. Uh, but I'd, I'd say in general I, I stick to a broad variety of shots and yeah, um, I'd I'd lean toward the latter. I mean, I'll 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 take the shot if if there's a one of a kind opportunity in front of me, but I'll I'll typically try to look for the beauty in in whatever scene I'm I'm doing at the moment. So that said, I'll I'll have you know a, a wide variety of photos that I think when you look at them all together, they they are my style. Mm hmm. So are you doing this full-time or part-time or is it, you know, a, a, a more of a hobby than a profession? At the moment, it's a mix between hobby and part-time. I've got an engineering job by day and so most of my photos are, are taken on the weekends or, um, or on vacations around the world. Uh-huh. And how do you, how do you find get, getting that balance of, you know, there's a there's an amazing event happening, for example, but you've got work to do. So what 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 what's your go-to? Is it work first because that feeds the family, or is it uh, oh, I've got to get the shot? It is usually work first. It, I'd say there's there's that two percent of times where there's something unbelievable happening, and I'll I'll, I'll have to get out and try for it. Like the Neowise comment, you know, I spent multiple nights out there trying to get a shot. Sure, sure. But yeah, and, it's you know it's mostly work with me. Yeah, no, un understood, understood. Is it something that you've thought about in terms of taking further and making it your career, or is, or are you comfortable just 
sort of making it a a, a part time activity? Well, it you know it, cert- it certainly is, and I'm sure many photographers listening to this will will empathize with it. That you know it's it's a tough road to becoming a full time photographer, and uh, mm-hmm. I think I've I've learned that it's better to take it in little steps than to jump jump full swing into it without um without having a back. Yeah, I think definitely having a uh, a, a backup and a backup plan, but also you know a bit of uh, financial backing. Um, you know, there there is a a cushion i guess that's uh, i mean certainly that's been my experience anyway is uh, getting that that cushion is uh, is definitely a um a major driver behind my decision to go full time personally and I, I think most uh full full time photographers would probably uh, you know give the same advice as a landscape photographer it's, i i find it fairly difficult to um to shoot you know the the usual weddings and portraits that a lot of people use to um to supplement their income or at least get started in photography while they're while they're looking into other genres yeah understood tell me about where you're at in your photography journey at the moment do you feel that you've sort of landed on a style that you're comfortable with and you you're running through i don't i don't mean that to sound like you know you're just going through the motions but you've you've settled on a style or are you still you know liking to experiment and uh you know try new things i've got feet firmly planted in both of those i I have a style that i think is my own and um always you know trying to improve it that often involves watching and, and learning from other photographers too. But at the same time, I'm you know a, a creative soul at heart, so I'm always trying to to push the boundaries here and there and see what I can make my equipment do and and make my images. Well, yeah, it's both. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that's a really important point about you know working with what your equipment and understanding what the limits of your equipment are. Uh, in photography and you know finding either ways around those limits or you know finding ways of being creative by by pushing those limits and I think you know um, I just wondered if you had any examples of where you think you've pushed those limits and you know something that uh, you're particularly proud of in in that regard yeah well it's not not anything you know out of the ordinary but I've been taking a lot of time-lapse videos lately and I Mm -hmm. think it's just it blows my mind how much new there is to learn, you know, if you just shift your mindset toward toward motion instead of capturing a... Yeah, yeah. What do you think about, I guess, you know, there, there's been obviously a lot of uh, discussion and a bit of toing and froing recently with, uh, with Instagram and its move towards video. Do you see photography itself leaning that way anyway and people getting more into the the, the moving images than uh, just the the static images or do you still see that there's a, a place for static images and i don't just mean in social media i mean you know artistically as well yeah 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 i've i've thought a lot about it you know especially with a tech background it's it's there's an interesting future coming to us and i think a lot of it will be video you know partially because that's what that's what companies are are making you know plenty of revenue off of and mm-hmm. lots of people you know they want that and the demand is there but i think you know at, at the end of the day if we're all wearing virtual reality goggles we're not going to want to walk through countless countless halls filled with static images yeah yeah there there will always be a demand for it yeah no anyway. I, I i think i agree with you and you know it's it kind of 
feels a, a little a little sad for for those of us who've been on the you know a platform like Instagram for years. It, it is the future, so yeah, definitely, definitely. Talk to me a little bit about where you live and how that influences what you shoot, or if it doesn't, and you you know tend to to sort of leave your local area and uh, get out and about. Um, you know, are you are you travelling a lot for your shooting, or are you uh, sort of tending to stay in um, particular areas? Yeah, so I I live in upstate New York, um, two hours west of of New York City. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not too close to any of the major national parks in the United States. So we we try to keep our trips local for the most part. Why I I, I love the Adirondack Park and uh-huh. all. So that that and um, the mountains in the Northeast, where I shoot predominantly, and then you know once once or twice a year, us with with COVID and whatnot, but I'll get out to another country or you know or tripping across the country. Sure, sure. Do you think the pandemic has changed your attitude towards traveling and photography in any way? Towards traveling, yes. Uh, photography, no. I mean, I I now I kind of view the world as a little more fragile than I did beforehand. Uh-huh. Like a like a, a friendly place, you know, despite all the things happening in it. But you know, I think I think a lot of our systems in society are a little too fragile and not as resilient as they could be. So that sure. affects you know, what I can do. So I'm What's the furthest you've traveled to get a shot? Travel to get a specific shot or yeah. you know, in happens. Oh I mean it could be could could be an opportunistic shot, I guess, that just happened to be, you know, somewhere where you'd been travelling. Yeah, um I'd say the furthest from my home is most likely Norway, although I don't know the exact distances. Um, sure. there's, there's a lot of the world that I have not been to and am eager to go, but um, I went on my honeymoon to Norway, and so my wife and I, we had plenty of, of um, quote, insta-worthy shots in mind anyway. Nice. So <laughs> I'd say we traveled there for... So were you there in, in summer or winter? That was in the height of summer. Yeah, okay. Still, I mean, Norway's, you know, I mean, at least for, for now, still, uh, you, you can still get quite uh, quite a bit of snow there on the mountains uh, in, in places. But, um, yeah, I believe, I mean, it's it, it's a stunning area uh, regardless of what the season is. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but I guess middle of summer, you're not going to be uh, getting the, the typical northern lights sort of shots. I've still, I've maybe twice in my life, I've captured the Northern Lights um, mentally, um, and none was planned. And really, or Norway, Iceland, and Alaska are on my bucket list. Cool. Do you have a favourite spot that you uh, like to, you know, keep going back to? That I guess either you haven't nailed what it is that you wanted to get from there, or you just think there's so many opportunities that you just keep getting drawn back there. Yeah, so a few years ago, I would have said uh, Banff National Park. I, I think it makes sense for t- photographers to go places that are visually stunning in all directions, no matter where you go or what you point at. But um, more recently, I uh, I traveled across the USA in a van with my wife, and I kind of fell in love with the desert, the American Southwest. So but that is my answer for now. You know, I, nice. I love the... The nostalgic feel combined with a lot of rugged beauty for miles. Okay. So, I guess what what's the nostalgic uh, feel that you you're looking for? Is it you know the the 
the the old uh, John Wayne Western sort of uh, thing, or yeah. Well, I mean, else? I I know I know that the old West is is not as romantic as the movies make it out, but you know, it, it it is pretty cool to to be driving through towns that settled by by people, you know. A mere hundred or hundred fifty years ago, and a lot has not changed. Yeah, yeah. If you had one place of all of the places that you've shot that you could retire to, which which one do you think it would be? Hey, I'd say most likely the Pacific Northwest somewhere. I'm not sure where, but that has that has, kind of has it all for me. Yep. So where any anywhere in particular, or just a uh, you know in general somewhere there around Oregon, Washington. Most likely, most likely somewhere in Washington with a, a view of the mountains and the ocean. Sure. Sorry, I'm sure. being too. Big, but, but that combined with the fairly nice weather most of the time. Yeah. And what's what's the most memorable experience you've had while out out taking photos? In terms of my favorite memories, I hope this doesn't betray me as a as a complete loner, but I just, I, 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 th- I think we out. all are as landscape photographers. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> I don't know about you, I, but, uh, you know, people, people in my shots annoy me. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. I think some of my favorite memories are just myself alone, you know, hiking through a couple miles of desert to, to be out alone under the stars. You know, I think the phrase is core memories and you know, saying that brought it up. Yeah. Nice. How about any horror stories? All, all horror stories that I have are self-inflicted. Um, that's, that's okay, unless, unless they're particularly embarrassing and you, you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, it's, not, it, it's embarrassing, but I don't mind saying it. And, you know, there was um, my, my hike up to Berg Lake. I was in charge of bringing our, our water filters that hike, and, uh, and I did, in fact, not bring them. And so we, we you know, 13 hours that day on maybe two liters of water between us and it was rough that's a that's a core memory i don't want to remember yeah fair enough understood and understandable (laughs) but um, you know i count my blessings no no bears no um no ill encounters in in sketchy areas so yeah no that's 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 good I mean, I, I think, you know, safety's a, a, a big deal and, you know, listeners to the, my podcast probably get bored with me saying it, but, you know, be, being safe and also, you know, when you think about it, you know, safe drinking water, pretty important too. Yeah. And you can't you can't take more photos if, if you don't make it back this time. So. No, that's exactly it, yeah. No, no photos worth uh, worth dying for, as far as I'm concerned. What What has the practice of photography taught you about the world? Well, I like to I like to think about the photos that I'm taking, you know, through a very physical physical point of view. I, I, I really enjoy thinking about how the light is bouncing off of this object and hitting my camera lens, hitting the sensor, hitting eventually hitting my eyes. It's it's really interesting to me to be able to drift off into that that philosophical uh, in between where where yeah you're you're taking a picture of a real place but somehow you're bringing it to other people yeah that's, right that's a really weird thing but it's really it's really fun to think about yeah no I, de- definitely and it's something that i've thought a bit about as well and uh you know it, it's one of the things that um 
blows my mind as well that you can actually capture that light and carry it around with you. How did you, I I guess, sorry, go on. I I was just thinking that 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 applies not just to the world but to the universe. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So how did you learn photography and, and your processing? Was it something that you went and did some formal education for or were you self-taught or did you have a mentor a combination of self-taught and youtube university Mm -hmm. it's it's honestly a lot of trial and error um you know if there's a specific technique i i need to learn i'll usually learn it on the fly and in the field which you know you can see that from some of my earlier earlier photos you know no, no um no mentor so to speak although i do have a lot of people i've looked up to and you know ask you know, not not many not many people holding my hand. Yeah, yeah. So, what does your your processing workflow look like? Are you you know straight home with the the card slotted into the computer and uh, get them up on screen and start editing, or are you someone that likes to sort of let them gestate or marinate for a while before you uh, get into the edit? I am in the last camp to the extreme. You know, I've, I'll have trips and. I'll forget about for years and then find them. But thankfully, I do organize things at least you know on on the computer and on my hard drives. Legibly, before I'll I'll forget about them. But I definitely don't go straight home to edit. Um, when I hear people do, it just boggles my mind because I'm. Yeah, it's a, an anathema to you. <laughs> Not anathema, but just uh, hard to, hard to understand. Okay, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a bit in both camps. I mean, there's stuff from years ago that I, I know is there and I just haven't got to, but uh, there's there's other stuff that I kind of go, yeah, I've nailed that. I really want to go and have a look and see how, how it looks and, and get it up on the screen and, and get it out there and share it with people. Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, I'm, I'd be lying if I said there weren't suits that are like that, um, not my typical. So do you do much printing of your work? No, that's actually, that's one thing that, that I've never really gotten into. Um, I'll, I've sold prints here and there, but through third-party websites, um, not something that I I know much about. Okay, that's it, it. Probably makes you a little bit unusual to some of the photographers that I've spoken to. Most who I've spoken to do print in some form. Um, now I, I've done books as well as uh, sort of large format uh, wall hangings. Um, I'd I'd recommend it. Personally, if you if you haven't really uh, dabbled too much in it, it's uh, it's well worth trying. I think a there's nothing nicer than having a, a piece of your own art on the wall, but um, I think there's also the uh, you know I guess the ability to to see it in that physical form is is really uh, really different. I mean, there's thousands of photos of mine that are, aren't in that format, and you know. I've definitely not printed everything that uh, I think is worth it, uh, but I, I think it's definitely something that's uh, well worth well worth doing. Have you ever hit a creative wall? Yeah, I will say during during the middle of 2020, you know, once, once the pandemic was recognized and part of our lives, I think we had we had not traveled anywhere for a few months, you know, not even outside of our neighborhood and house. So it was it was really getting to me not not being able to go out and shoot. Even the Adirondacks were were off limits at that point for us. Yeah, that was that was the biggest biggest roadblock to me making new images. 
Sure. So how did, how did you sort of get yourself out of that and what, what did you do to sort of circumvent being in that situation? Well, curious chat about risks and rewards and then, then actually going out. Well, I think that's I can explain it. Eventually okay. decided uh, in the fall and winter that it was, it was worth our time to get out of the house so that we're not having each other crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. What do you see as the biggest challenge facing photography right now? I think it's going to be claiming and proclaiming its space in the world as it's progressing. I think there's there's going to be all sorts of new technologies, new um, new places that people are going um, with art, with with creativity, and uh, it's going to be hard for photographers, especially you know still landscape photographers to uh, keep their voices heard, their digital art and 3D stuff, and eventually augmented reality and virtual reality. And why why would anyone want a picture of, of Half Dome if put on your goggles and go there? And I think I think it'll take some serious PR and marketing work, air quotes, but not really. I, I think real people will need to be hired to kind of keep it in the public eye, or at least to, mm. to keep it relevant. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting time right now, I think, with the the advent of uh, AI-generated um, art as well. You know, there's there's quite a lot of uh, effort going into the creation of images based on uh, a set of words and so forth. Um, where do you see that going? I, I see it, well, I don't know too much about it, um, about the, the backbone of it, but I see it as a nascent, a nascent tool and it's, you know, it's their beginnings and it's really interesting that you know it makes me wonder what what phrases I could give an AI that could reliably have it come up with the photos I take. Sure, so, sure. You know, yeah, I, I I I don't think it's a passing craze. I think we'll see more of it, and we'll see more interest. Oh, absolutely. I don't I don't I don't think it's going away anytime soon. What's your favorite thing about being a photographer? Well, I think just just knowing that I've been these places, been to all of these places, and having having a personal memory of my own you know, look, to look back on. I, at, at the end of the day, you know, the memories will fade and the inevitability of, of everyone's demise is we all reckon with. But, you know, these, these images I'm taking may represent the place that I was. You know, I was here. Mm. What's the least favourite thing about being a photographer? Getting camera cards. <laughs> Why? Why is that? There's been there's been a few times where I I was someplace I really really wanted to go and and yeah there there was no card in my in my camera or in my bag so. Ouch. But that 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 was years ago. I've learned my lesson. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much always traveling with about half a dozen cards and always make sure that there's one in the camera. Yeah, I one one secret I've learned is to. Just put one in my wallet and forget about it, and uh-huh. yep. eventually I'll eventually I'll need it. So it's good to. Know. Yeah. What do you What do you like to do when you're not out shooting? And I, I I love spending time with my family in the outdoors. We um we go for hikes, short short and long. You know every and um I'm big computer gaming fan. Uh, I've kind of been tracking lately. I love playing World of Warcraft. If you weren't a photographer, what would you be? So if photography wasn't an option, it wasn't a thing, what what would you do with your time? To be honest, I think I would I would love to have been a musician. Uh, I, I enjoyed making music, you know, growing up in high school, whatnot. And it was just a path I, I never really took. And I think if I had 
more spare time and no other creative outlet, that's where I'd be. Sure, sure. Are there any particular photographers that are catching your eye at the moment that you think I should be talking to on the podcast? I would say too many. Um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time in various social media, and uh, I'll, I'll get a name, uh, set of names together for you. Uh, yeah, no, no, no problem at all. Well, I've got uh, one last question, and for uh, many people, it's it's the most important one that I can ask. Do you like pineapple on pizza? That is a firm no. Uh, hurl that into the sun. <laughs> not a not a thing you like. No, sorry. <laughs> That's totally fine. I think it's been pretty much even, Stevens, uh, on on the podcast so far. Most uh, um, most of the episodes, it's either a, a firm no or a firm yes, um, depending on. Yes. Uh, no. On, on particular tastes. Well, thank you. All of them, and, and who's on my side? <laughs> Find your people. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me, Steve. It's been great getting to know you a little better and uh, learning a, a little bit more about how you do what you do. Where can people find your work? Yeah, I'm I'm on all social media platforms as Wallace Savage Photo, and you can you can also find some of my work on my website um, WallaceSavagePhoto.com. Wonderful. Thanks very much again. Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon.